Okay, welcome everyone to the final shear on Sefer Vayikra and the penultimate shear before the Yamtif of Shua Sabah Leim Uh By the way, just a little update. Next week, Wednesday night, the shear might start 9.30. Does that work? Please come, please come. One week, you'll do it a little later. We'll get you, we'll get you home quick. Um, but to, since this is the last shiurim on Sefer Vayikra, we want to thank uh, the Zakheim family for graciously sponsoring all the shiurim on Sefer Vayikra. Le'iloi Nishmas, Rav Shlema, Eliezer, Ben Harav Yaakov. We're very grateful for their partnership, and uh, we thank them for their sponsorship of all the shiurim. Also, the shiurim were sponsored anonymously, Le'iloi Nishmas, Harav Mordechai Leib, Ben Rav Yosef Menachem, Hashem Meshav Naliyah, B'ganeidan Temdu Chasai. Tonight, we have a number of uh, sponsors for tonight's shir. Uh, firstly, tonight is sponsored by my good friend, Rabbi Lavian of Queens, Lili Nishmas, his friend, Rabbi Ariel Sadik, who is nifter in the Lagva Oimer tragedy in Meiron. So there's a Shem Shem and he should be male Tzosha for all of Klal Yisrael. Tonight's shir is also sponsored by Rabbi Yaakov Mizrahi of Eretz Yisrael in honor of Dina Bas Rachel. Also sponsored by Usher Abi Chasera for Shlema for Eva Aviva Bas Ilana Esther. Rufu Shlema Basar Shachal Israel. Also sponsored by my dear friend Rav Moshe Stream in honor of his Bar Mitzvah Parsha and his birthday. He should have many happy and healthy years. Gesund Abi Askel Tzedak. Also sponsored by my good friend Rav Ephraim Bernstein. Made a chasana this week, and the uh, chasana kala should be uh, the zivik should be oyla yafet. Doros shem varachem and refuah shleima for Rachel, Bas Miriam Mendel refuah shleima b'sar shachal Yisrael. Okay, here we go. Parshas b'har b'chul kaisei. Also, we have very good news. The bezus Hashem imminently the upcoming art scroll sefer on uh, Tishavav, Ben Hamatzarim, and Holocaust Memorial is going to print bezus Hashem. Uh, Currently, and uh, last call, if anybody would like to participate, um, please let us know if anybody would want um, a dedication. Parshas Bahar Kaisai is what we call a very uh, incongruous shidduch, a very unusual match, because Parshas Bahar speaks about the midst of Shemitah and the sabbatical year, which, by the way, then it talks about not cheating somebody on prices. For example, Azriel, you want to buy this banana for $10,000? It's a very expensive banana. It looks yellow, it's really gold. You can't do that, Azriel, right? You can't do that. You can't cheat somebody on prices. And then it talks about... It's not a, it's not a joke. Somebody can't I know the banana with the, the tape, the masking tape. That's what I mean. I'll give you some duct tape. $10,000. There you go. See? Everything's in the tire. What? Okay. Anyway... Um, and then it talks about selling avadim, and it talks about selling land and redeeming land. And then Parshas B'chul Kaisai talks about the Toichacha. And the Toichacha is retribution, Rashi says, in uh, perhaps the most famous Rashi in all of Chumash. In B'chul Kaisai Telechu. You want to have a good life? B'chul Kaisai Telechu. So simply B'chul Kaisai Telechu means to follow the mitzvahs. Rashi says, "Mechukaisai telechu" cannot mean to follow the mitzvahs because the next words are "v'yes mitzvahs." 
So what does the Mechukaisa Telechu mean? Says Rashi, Shetiu Amelim Batayra. That you should toil in Tyra. By the way, the Balaturim says the words in Mechukaisa Telechu are Gematria, that you should be Amel in Tyra. Not just Rashi says that's what it means, it's also the Gematria of those words. So that means, if you want to have a good life, you have to, you have to toil in Tyra. It's not enough just to learn. Okay, I have to learn now. Okay, I'm going to sit back on a hammock or I'm going to buy one of those rocking egg chairs that everybody has to have and I'm going to sip lemonade and have somebody fan me. It's very nice you're learning, but that's not Amelos Batayra. And in fact, Rashi learns, that what precipitates the Taichacha? Not listening to me, meaning not being Amel Batayra. That means Parshas B'chukaisai is a good parsha before Shavuos because it's basically saying the key to everything is Amelos Batayra. But what does Bahar got to do with B'chukaisai? Bahar are the laws of Shemitah. B'chukaisai are the uh, punishments for not being Amel Batayra. And they, the two parshas have nothing to do with each other. It's a very strange combination. Vayakil Pekudei, I understand. It's both about the Mishkan. Achrimaz Kedoshim, I understand. It's all about Arayos. Some of the other, Tazriya Metzayra, it's a good Zivug. But Bahar B'chukaisai, it's like the odd couple. What's going on over here? You know, what kind of shidduch is Bahar B'chukaisai? So you'll say, well, if you look throughout the Teichacha, it does seem to say that the punishments of the Teichacha, by the way, how many punishments in the Teichacha passes B'chukaisai? 49, corresponding to the 49 days of Sphira, as if we need to overcome these 49 curses in order to get to the Yom ha- Hachamishim. And by the way, Moyav is Gematria 49. So Moyav inherently is the Tkolos of the Teichacha. And that's for a different time. But throughout the Psukim of the Teichacha, it says, for example, look at number one. Az says, then the land will be appeased for its sabbatical years, all of its days of desolation. Meaning, it's saying, that why, what are the reasons for these punishments? These boils and being chased and hounded and assaulted by the enemy for failure to keep Shemitah. So now it's beautiful, Bahar B'chu Kaisai. B'chu Kaisai is a punishment for failure to keep the Shemitah. Bahar are the laws of Shemitah, and B'chu Kaisai are the punishment for not keeping Shemitah. Or further on, the Pasuk says, Number three, The land will be forsaken of the Jewish people, and they will be appeased by her sabbatical years. So um, this, this is actually very important, because that explains if the toichacha is punishment for not observing the Shemitah, now Bahar B'chukaisai fit together like a glove. Bahar are the laws of Shemitah, B'chukaisai are the repercussions of not observing the Shemitah. However, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, and tonight's year comes primarily from two different svarim of Rav um, Yaakov Kamenetsky, the Emes Liyakov of Anchumish and the Emes Liyakov on Kesuvim, which is newer, as well as the Emes Liyakov on Shas. So we're going to be plucking out from all these svarim. And he asked the following question. The, the Psukim contradict Rashi. Rashi says the reason for the Teichacha is that we're not Amal Batayra. And the Pesukim say it's for failure to keep Shemitah. By the way, this week's Perkei Avais, this week's Perkei Avais, it says that for failure to observe the Shemitah, 
then you're exiled from the land. That's what the Psukim say. Barashi says it's all about <laughs> In other words, if you if you learn, but you learn, you know, like it would be uh, the the comics, the New York Times Sunday comics. So that that ain't gonna cut it. In other words, it's saying they have to be amel batayr, but that's not what the psukim say. The psukim say the reason for the teichacha is failure to observe shemitah. Furthermore, Rabbi Yaakov asks uh, a very strong question. Rashi famously says in Chukaisai Parakhavav Pasuk Lamed Hey, and this is also pointed out by Rashi and Divrei Hayamim, who, by the way, is not Rashi. There are a number of places where we have Rashi that is not Rashi. For example, Divrei Hayamim and Perkei Havos and Sechta Nazir. All of these, uh, uh, all of these supposed commentaries that say Rashi are not Rashi. And, what? Oh, it's not the right one. Second, here. Here. So Rashi makes the following calculation. The Pasuk says that the Torah is a punishment for failure to observe the Shemitah Rashi says, why were we exiled in, in between Bayes Rishon and Bayesheni 70 years? By the way, in this week's parasha, there are many, many Ramazim to the standing of the various Bate Mikdashim. For example, in Parshas uh, Bahar, Ukarasem Derar. Derar is Gematria 410. And then the Pasuk says, Yoivel Tihiyah, Tihiyah is Gematria 420. So a lot of Ramazim to the various uh, standings of the base of English. Another one, Baal Turim says, in Mishkani Mishkani is Gematria 420. A remez to the second base of Mikdash. But we know in between the Bayes Rishon and the Bayesheni there were 70 years. Why 70 years, says Rashi, for failure to observe 70 Shemitais. How do you get 70? Well, says Rashi, 390 years we were in Israel uh, before the ten tribes were exiled, that's 390 years. Then Shevet Yehuda failed to observe Shemitah for another 40 years, that's 436, 430 years. And then another six years of the reign of Tzidkiyahu, so we failed to observe Shemitah over the course of 436 years. The entire time, we didn't keep it even once? Not even once. Now let's make a cheshben. How many Shemitahs are in 436 years? Say, so, yeah, come on, you know, it's too late at night to figure that one out. But it's very easy. It's very easy, because how many Shemitahs are in 50 years? Seven. And how many Shemitahs are in 100 years? Fourteen. Okay, fine. Plus two Yoyvels. So for 100, for 100 years, it's 16 Shemitah Yoyvels. So 400 years is 64 Shemitah Yoyvels. Daniel's living this up. He likes it, right? So uh, 64 Shemitahs Yoyvels in 400 years. In 35 years is another 5 Shemitahs. So that's 69. 436 years is still 69. So there's 69 Shemitah Yoyvels in 436 years. However, the 436th year, which is the first year of the next cycle... They began a cycle without the intention of observing the Shemitah. 
And they were nailed for that as well. So you'll ask, what do you mean, why were they nailed? HaKavzroch was not mitzarif machshav alamaisa. Yes, he is for repeated offenders. For repeated offenders, God is mitzarif. So they failed to observe 70 shemitahs. And therefore they were punished with 70 years of exile. As the Mishnah says in this week's um, Avais, that Avoin Shmita Yisrael Nigalu, um, Goylen. Fine. So Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky has one simple question, and that is, it is absolutely impossible to say that the Jewish people did not observe Shmita for 70, 70 times. I mean, that's absurd. You can't say that. That we're talking about times the temple stood, before the temple stood, they were on a higher madriga than we are. So they didn't observe one of the basic laws of the Torah. They didn't observe the Shemitah. That is impossible. By the way, Rashi and Debrei Ayomim, Debrei Ayomim Beis, Pergolam and Vav, Pasuk Chaf Aleph, on the Pasuk, L'maloi Svar Hashem Bafi Yermiyah, Ad Ratzasa Aretzah Shabsoi Seha, L'maloi Shavim Shana, Rashi, the parish that's Miuchas Rashi, brings that we were punished with 70 years of exile corresponding to the 70 Shemitahs that we did not observe. And again, Rav Yaakov says, Fine. So comes Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky and he offers the following amazing thesis. You ready, Azriel, for this tremendous thesis of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky? Here we go. Says Rabbi Yaakov, and this will explain the incongruous combination of Bahar and Bukhukaisai. Bahar begins with the laws of Shemitah. After talking about the laws of Shemitah, it talks about ripping your friend off. Because if you sell him a house for a million dollars, and Shemitah's tomorrow, what do you do to the guy? You ripped him off. If you sell the, the guy uh, a very expensive house for a little bit of money, and Shemitah's not for a while, you got the raw end of the deal. So after Shemitah, it talks about the laws of Oina, followed by selling Avodim, followed by Karka. These are all... Uh, the relevant to Shemitah and Yoival. Now, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, and what is the purpose of Shemitah? And now we come to the great thesis of Rabbi Yaakov. Because Rabbi Yaakov says, what was the main occupation in the times of the uh, original inhabitants of the land of Israel? What did they do? Nowadays, what do Jews do? Today, they're dentists, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're, they sell cars, they sell real estate, they buy nursing homes. You didn't have many different geshaft. Back in the day, there were no, uh, I don't know, everybody worked the land. It was an agrarian uh, culture, agrarian society, an agricultural society. People were working the land. That was the main occupation. Now, that's a very admirable job in the land of Israel. Because working the land in Israel is a mitzvah, the Iraisa of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. Many, uh, you say, Unzura, Haimish you hear, oh, they planted a tree in Israel, oh, that's, it's a big deal, it's a Dabar Choshev Ma'id. Why? That's mitzvahs Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. Who says that? Chsam Seifer. I believe he was an Orthodox rabbi, and he writes, that working, tilling the soil in the land of Israel is a mitzvah, the Iraisa of Yishev Yisrael, regardless if there's a base of Mikdash or there's no base of Mikdash. In fact, ask the Chassam Soifer. You know, in the story of Rus, who's the Gadol Hadar? Vayaz. What's he doing all day? He's giving shir and Shev Shmaitza. 
He's saying, Chakira, uh, the Ktsois and the Nesivas. Boy, has the entire Megillah, he's busy in the field, in the threshing floor. What's he doing there the whole time? I thought he's a Godel Adar. Why is he busy in the threshing floor? The answer is, he's being Mekai in the Mitzvah of Yishver Tisra Asach Sam Soifer. Could somebody say, I'm not going to wear tefillin because I'm busy in the base medrash? You can't pat yourself from tefillin because you want to learn. You can't pat yourself from sukkah because you want to learn. You can't pat yourself from working the land of Israel because you want to learn. Working the land is a chi of the iraisa and it supersedes other mitzvahs. And then the Chassam Soifer says an amazing chidosh. You know, we have a machlikis. What's the best course of action in life? Learner, earner, right? You know, you go to work most of the day and you're kaveh itim in the morning and the night or spend all your time learning and uh, figure out how you're going to pay the bills. What's a better course of action? So we know the Rajvi holds. What does Rajvi hold? You learn. What's going to be with uh, your money? He says, I don't know, but what's going to be with oilam haba? Manichin, chaye, oilam, uveratzim achar chaye shal. Rabbi Shemar says, there's no alternative. you got to spend all your time learning. But Rabbi Yoisi says, no. Mitzvah. V'yasafta. Rabbi Shemar says, V'yasafta diganecha. Mitzvah. Rabbi Shemar says, you got to go to work. And the Gemara doesn't give up sack, but the Gemara just says, many people have tried the Rajvi system, and it didn't work. And many people have tried Rabbi Shemar's system, and it, it worked. Now that's not upset. The Gemara is not saying, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not saying you should go to work. The Gemara is saying usually going to work is a successful brand of observant Judaism, and the alternative might be better, but it doesn't always work. That's the Gemara says. By the way, the Briskarov writes, this is a psak halacha. Okay? It's beyond the scope of today's shir, of the applicability of these guidelines for today's times, but that's what the Briskarov says. So the Chassam Sefer has a chiddush nifla. What does the Briskarov say? That's a psak halacha. That's what? That the asafta de ganecha mitzvah to go. She has to work. Got to work. Briskarov. Yep. He was also an Orthodox rabbi, and he. Okay, so the Chassam Sefer has a chiddush nifla. The Chassam Sefer says, Rabbi Shmuel only says you have to go to work in the land of Israel, because in the land of Israel, when you when you're a farmer. And you're plowing the land, it's a, it's a mitzvah daraisa. And you're planting, it's a mitzvah daraisa. And even if you are uh, buying nursing homes, you're improving the economy of Israel. And even if you sell cars, you're improving the civilization of the land of Israel. It's all Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. So Rabbi Shmo only said his opinion in the land of Israel. But in America, or anywhere else in the world, Rabbi Shmuel is minded to the Rajvi. Why in the world would you spend your time advancing a society that supports left-wing ideals, liberal ideals? What, what, what are you doing? Why would you advance such a society? And therefore, everyone agrees to the Rajvi that uh, why waste your time outside of the land of Israel? But again, all I'm bringing out is the primary occupation of Jewish people back in the day, they were farmers. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, this would explain the unusual phenomenon that we find in the Gemara Megillah and Daf Chav Tesem and Eretz Yisrael. They had a different laning cycle. I always think that this would be a very successful way to get people to be Maver Sedra. Most people uh, who have a difficult time being Maver Sedra is because it's too long. But imagine if we told them, you know what, just do till Shlishi. I bet more people would do it. You know, that's my guess. And Eretz Yisrael, 
they finish the Torah, not every year, once every three years. Why do they do that? So Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky says the following great principle. And that is, why do we lame the Torah and Shul on Shabbos? So, unfortunately, most people think it is a Jewish ritual. It's a relic of the past. It's a dinosaur. And therefore, if I am able to sneak out and spend that time um, ingesting salty sliced fish and alcoholic beverage... That is certainly a preferable way for me to spend my time than to act to sit in the room where one guy is reading some old scroll. I mean, I, I like to learn. I like to learn Gemara. I like to learn Chumash. But why am I listening to... No, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Kriyas HaTorah is not a Jewish ritual. Kriyas HaTorah is the Iker Limud HaTorah of the week for every single Jew. That's why if somebody walks out during Kriyas HaTorah, it is the only sin that the Torah itself gives a klala to and calls the person someone who forsakes the Almighty. If you eat treif, you're not called someone who forsakes the Almighty. If somebody, I don't know, kills someone, he's not called forsaking the Almighty. He's, he did a rotten thing. But if you walk out when the Torah is being read, you're forsaking God. By the way, God is the one who created the world in six days. He gives you life. When you walk out on the Torah, that is the main limud ha-Torah of the week, the rabbin. What? Also, Rabbi Yaakov, is also Orthodox rabbi. Even though, this is what he's saying. The creator? No, he's, he's just God, right? So... <laughs> uh, was, was there Kriyas the Torah in the time of the Beis Hamikdash? Of course. Moshe There's also Takanas Ezra. The question is, what did Moshe Masakin? What did Ezra Masakin? But by the way, the, and the way that they used to listen to the Torah was with such an open heart and such a emotion. That is why we often find throughout the Gemara when evil kings would hear the Torah, they were sh- they would shake. Because they understood that when the Torah is being read, this is the Kriyasa Torah for the week. That is why when the Torah is read, you follow every single word and you try to think what is uh, being communicated, what is the meaning of each word. It's good to have a chumash on the side. They give you like um, synopsis, okay? These five sukkim are talking about this subject, this subject, so, so you're, you're holding with, with what's being read. Kriyasa Torah is the main learning of the week. That's what you review during the week. That's what we review the, um, after the week. Kriyas HaTorah is Talmud Torah Barabim. Now, Marvraboisai. Now, says Rabbi Yaakov, we understand why in the lands of Israel they, re- they learned the Torah once every three years. You know why? Because they didn't have time. What were they doing? They were being the kind in the midst of Dairaisov, Yeshiv Eretz Yisrael. The same way Boyaz was busy in the field, even though he could have been learning, the Benei Eretz Yisrael were busy spending the majority of their time uh, working, they didn't have time to read uh, the entire Bahar B'chukaisa in one week. They didn't have time to read the whole Parshish Nasa in one week. They had to break it down into bite-sized pieces. That's the reason for the cycle. Now, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, now we understand the reason for Shemitah. Because the Bnei Eretz Yisrael did not have time to read the whole Parsha every week, but once every seven years... When they didn't have to work the land, they would be able to dedicate themselves 
the entire year. This year, we're not just going to read till Shlishi. We're going to spend the whole year reading every single parish from beginning to end. And in that one year, all the farmers became Koilo Yungalite. They dedicated that entire year for Limanatara. Every the, the rest of the years of the six-year cycle, they didn't have time to do that. They didn't have the luxury to do that. They had a they had to basically limit the amount of time they dedicated to Lima They didn't have time. But what were they doing? They were being Mekayim, the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. But outside of Eretz Yisrael, when, when the work a person does is not as admirable and noble, so they needed to dedicate much more time to learning, and they lamed the entire parsha every single year. Ah, oh, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, now we understand. And when the Shemitah year was all over, and they had dedicated the entire year for Limanat Torah. They needed a quick, sort of, so to speak, review and injection of Kedusha to go back to regular life in the land of Israel. So they had the mitzvah of Hakel on the night of Sukkot in the base of Mikdash. They laned Mishnah Torah. That was a quick review of everything they learned that year. And then they would go back into their agrarian society. Now you should know that this is not unanimously agreed upon. As we're going to see, the simple way of understanding the Gemara that Eretz Yisrael, they read the Torah every three years, and means every three and a half years. And in seven years, they read it twice. So they started in the beginning of Bereshis. Three and a half years later, they finished the first cycle, and then they would read it another cycle, three and a half years. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky says nothing of the sort. It wasn't three and a half, three and a half. It was three, three, one. Yeah, but you know, to to be Why able to imaver sedra properly, you can't just hear the Torah. Why you got to be prepared. You don't even know what you're hearing. You know, you need to have read it twice during the week, worked on it, spent time understanding it, read the targum, and then Shabbos you could hear it. Shabbos is just a review. But in Arsasol, they didn't have the luxury of doing that. By the way, in the footnotes on the Yako, if he says, now we understand why Chazal put together Vayakel Pekude, which are monster parshios, and parshios uh, Yisrael and Mishpatim, which are much shorter, they separate. Why? Because Vayakel Pekude is a review of Trimatitzave, so it was easier for the Bnei Chutz to, so to speak, be Mavradat Sedra, than to have to do Yisroi Mishpatim in one week, which has so many halachas. Now, Rabbi Yaakov um, continues to explain that the cycle of, of Limar HaTorah is dependent on the Trumois and Maisroi cycle. We know that the Maisar cycle was a three-year cycle. Maisar Rishon, Maisar Sheni. Maisar Rishon, Maisar Sheni. Maisar Rishon, Maisar Ani. That's a three-year cycle. And... Um, commensurate with that was the reading of the Torah. So the three-year Meiser cycle, the three-year Torah cycle. That would repeat in years four through six. In fact, in Bamatsian Da Peches, it says that the stores of Beis Hino, Beis Hino were exiled three years before Yerushalayim because they didn't give Meiser properly. So why three years? So the Ein Yaakov explains, because the Meiser cycle is three years, so they were exiled three years before the rest of Jerusalem. And, but comes the Shemitah year when they're not being bogged down by Yeshiv Eretz Yisrael, then they could read the entire Parsha in one year. And that's in fact what the Bnei Eretz Yisrael did. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, this would explain a very difficult Torah in Megillah, Lamed Aleph. 
Rabbi Meshachachma says the same thing. You ready? We once spoke this out from the Meshachachma. Rabbi Yaakov says the same chiddush. A very a klar chiddush. Who remembers, based on the Gemara Megillah, Daflam and Aleph, what is the Haftoirah of Shemini Atzeras? Of Simchas Torah. Anybody remember? The Haftoirah of Simchas Torah. Very good, Azriel. By the way, this is Azriel Goldman. The brother of, of Daniel Goldman. Okay. Um, the Haftoirah that we read is um, I didn't say the brother which Daniel Goldman, so we'll leave it at that. But the Haftarah of Simchas Torah that we read is from the Navi Yehoshua. Which is a, a perfect Haftarah. We just finished reading the Chumash, we go straight into the Naviyam. But the Gemara doesn't say that. The Gemara says, we read, got up and he blessed the people. So Toysus asks, uh, what's going on? Why don't we do what the Gemara says? So Toysu says, uh, I don't know, it's wrong. What we do is wrong, Toysu says. And he says, some people say Rav Haigoin was Masakin by Yachari Mois Moshe, but I don't know how he was able to change from what Shas uh, legislates. So ask of Yaakov Kamenetsky, number one, how did Rav Haigoin change from what the Gemara says? And number two, could someone please tell me once and for all, this ancient minhag of reading the Torah every three years, who ever abolished that? Who about, imagine like this. You know how like in the yeshivas they, um, they, they say part, only part of slichos? You think it's going to happen one day that somebody goes, oh, from now on we're going to say all the slichos. That's going to happen? That, that's not going to happen. Man, in the yeshiva where they do, um, uh, er, well, uh, let's say yeshua where they do slichos, Arab Rosh Hashanah, one hour, right? They say half the slichos. No, clap on the bima. From now on, you say it ain't, it's, it ain't ever reverting back. You know, a shul that doesn't say bahab is not going to one day say, okay, uh, we're saying bahab now. These things don't come back, right? So who exactly, after they were reading the Torah once every three years, said, no, from now on, Kriya Torah is going to take three and a half times longer. Who did that exactly? What? No. In Eretz Yisrael, they always did three and a half years. So what happened to that custom? I know, but that means the Kriya Torah is taking three times as long. Who would ever change that to the original custom? No, now they do it every year. I know, but they stopped doing it three years long. No, no, uh, no. Explain the question. That's the question. Kriya Torah used to take fifteen minutes. Who made it take forty-five minutes, please? Which rabbi got up there and says, "Rabbi just want everyone to know, from now on, Kriya Torah is going to take three times as long. How did that ever fly? In Chutz it was always that way. Well, what exactly happened in Eretz Yisrael? How did it happen? Technology. Today, today in Israel, they do that? Nobody does three and a half years. What happened to me? So if Yaakov says like this, back in the day, how, how long would it take them to finish the Torah? Three years. How often was Simchas Torah when they actually finished the Torah? Once every three years, Simchas Torah was the day they finished the Torah. Every other year, Simchas Torah was Mindrin in the middle of the, the lane. So in year one, they can't read the Nevi'im. They didn't finish the Torah. In year two, they can't read the Nevi'im. 
So they read an appropriate Haftar for some Torah, namely, Shloima got up and he benched the people. They read that year one, they read that year two, and they're not going to switch it for year three. And even in a Shemitah year where they're reading it the whole year, they're not going to make a special Haftar for the Shemitah year. But the whole concept of reading the Torah once every three years is only when Shumas and Maestro is supplied and they were busy working the land, so they had a three-year Meiser cycle, so they had a three-year leaning cycle. But with the Churban based Hamikdash and the Chumas Hamaisros became Batal, and, and the Yishavaret Yisrael was no longer relevant because people weren't working the land anymore. And even if they lived there, they didn't own the land where they were hounded. So there's no Chumas Hamaisros. So the cycle went back to the way it is during Shemitah, because in, during Shemitah it was always a one-year cycle. So every year now went back to one year cycle. Once it went back to one year cycle, Rav Haigoyen said, um, it really, during Shemitah, we should have learned about Yahushua. The only thing was, that was only once every seven years, but now that every single year, Simchas Torah is, is the time they finish the Torah, we should read an appropriate Haftarah, namely, So if you wanted to know, how did the Haftarahs change? Nobody really changed it. It was sort of, it, it was the obvious choice based on the circumstances. Marv Rabbi this will answer. By the way, on the bottom, we have footnotes of the Emes Yaakov. We have footnotes by the Mechaber. Who is the Mechaber of Emes Yaakov? Rav Yaakov's son, Rabbi Avram. Avram uh, Kamenetsky. So they say, you know, the Emes Yaakov, and then the notes are Chesed Li Avram. But... No, not really. No, so it's a little, yeah, you still have a good point. In other words... It was still, it's still today a mitzvah to work the land. So, and there's no miser really, but there is, uh, okay. Rabbi Yaakov Emden has a gavaldig akasha, this is the kasha of the Maritzchias. The Gemara says, Ezra was masakim, that Klal Yisrael must read the Klalois, the toichacha of the Chukhoisai before Shavuos, and the toichacha of Pisavai before the Yamtif of Rosh Hashanah. Yeah? And we do that. This week we lay in Bechukhoisai, and we lay in Kisavai two weeks before Rosh Hashanah. Asks the Yaivitz, and asks the Maritzchios, very nice, but how is that ever fulfilled in Eretz Yisrael, where they read the Torah once every three years? Bechukhoisai wasn't before Shavuos, only once every three years it was before Shavuos, if ever. So this Takana of Ezra, how is it fulfilled in Israel? They did it like the Dalai Parshas. They read what the week was, Okay, right, that's one possibility. It means in addition to whatever the regular reading was, they also read the Chalos of the Teichacha. I presume people would be okay with that since the leaning anyway took a half hour shorter, so if they had a stick in a, an extra Teichacha, they went for that. But the, the Hagois and the Emes Yaakov said they fulfilled the Takan of Ezra in the Shemitah year, when it was a one-year cycle. Did they learn on Mondays and Thursdays? Yes. What did they lane? By the way, I once pointed out, Ruben Margolius suggests that there is an ancient custom to lane a Haftorah by Shabbos, by Mincha, from the Ksuvim. So actually, throughout the three years, they finish the whole Tanakh. So they, what? Okay, but they lane to the Eoiv, they lane to the Eoiv, they had... Okay. Says of Yaakov Kamenetsky, this might explain another interesting phenomenon. We know, how many parshas are there in the Chumash? You know? 54. Very good. Azriel says 54. 
But and there are. However, the Zayar says Gan Parshias, fifty-three Parshias. So it's a kasha. What do you mean? But they're fifty-four. So one answer is Vizay Sabracha doesn't count because you don't lean it on Shabbos. There are various answers how you account for the fifty-four Parshias. However, Asad Yaakov Kamenetsky, could somebody tell me back in the day in Eretz Yisrael when they lane the Parshias in three years? How do they lay Nitzavim Bayelech over the course of three weeks? They're not enough Sukkim to go around for 21 Aliyahs of these tiny little Parshias. So Yaakov says that if you look in the back of some Chumashim, it gives you the number of Parshias. Either 167 Parshias or 152 Parshias. Because they're Parshias Psuchais and Parshias Stumais and Parshias Sudurais. According to that, in the course of three years, if you divide up the leaning into these 162, 100, 167, or 152 parashiyas, it comes out every week you lay in a certain sh- section of the Torah with enough aliyos to go around. But as we pointed out, Marv Rabbi not everybody agrees with Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, namely the Yam Shoshlemai. Now it's hard to imagine that Rabbi Yaakov would argue on the Yam Shoshlemai, but the Yam Shoshlemai writes... Clearly, he says in the land of Israel, the cycle was three and a half years. Not three, three, one. It was a three and a half year cycle. Furthermore, in Masechta Soifrim, it says, how many parashiyos are in the Torah? Corresponding to the number of years of the life of Abraham Avinu, 175 parashiyos. The Nachlas Yaakov explains, 175 parashiyos? Yeah. Because of three and a half year cycle. 50, 50, 50, 25. That's not like Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky that it's a three year cycle. 175 parashiyas is uh, in support of what the Yam Shoshlame holds that there, were a hun- that there was a three and a half year cycle. By the way, there's an amazing chida that my friend Rabbi Ari Sendik once uh, showed me. And the Chidah says, in the Sefer of Chlemas Anach, he says, what's the Indian of Shemitah? The Indian of Shemitah is to learn. By the way, let's, before we get to Rabbi Ari Sendek and the Chidah, this answers the questions we started with. We asked, how could it be that the Jewish people did not observe Shemitah for 70 years? Is it possible? They plowed, they planted, they pruned. How could it be the Jewish people observant Jews, Orthodox Jews, they didn't observe the Shemitah? The answer is, of course they didn't work the land. Of course they didn't till the soil. But they did not use the Shemitah for its intended purpose, namely, Shatiyu Amelim Batayra. Because it's not enough, the same way, Rabbi, so we say about Shabbos. There are two aspects of Shabbos. There are two elements of Shabbos. Shabbos, we don't do malacha, but not just not to do malacha. We don't do malacha to free up our time to be able to learn. It's the same thing regarding Shemitah. By the way, this fits very well into the Yaznaim Latoyer of Zalman Sarotskin. He says, Chazal tell us, Uvayoyim hashvi tishvois. You should, uh, on the seventh day, you should rest. It says in Bahar, the Mechilta says, Afilu b'shviyas. Even during Shemitah, you have to keep Shabbos. Why would I think you don't have to keep Shabbos and Shemitah? Very simple. The, the, the reason to keep Shabbos is to have time to learn. But in the Shemitah year, you have the whole year to learn. Maybe you don't have to keep Shabbos. So we have a special Gzeres HaKos of Uvayyam HaShvi Tishbais. 
comes the Chida, and the Chida says, what's the Indian of Shemitah? Chazal say that Rava said to his Talmidim, do me a favor, don't show up during the month of Nisan, don't show up during the month of Tishrei, which means that he told his Talmidim, during Nisan and Tishrei they have to go home and work and prepare for Yom Tif. So there were two months a year that nobody was learning, so to make up for the 12 months in six years that people weren't learning, we had an entire year dedicated to Lima Natara during the Shemitah year. That also supports this idea that the objective of Shemitah is Shetiyu Amelam And this explains the stira between the Psukim and Rashi. The Psukim say the reason for the Toichacha's failure to observe Shemitah. But Rashi says it's because we were not Amel Batoirah, so make up your mind. What was it? Was it because we didn't observe Shemitah, or was it because we weren't Amabatar? The answer is, it's the same thing. Failure to observe Shemitah is defined as not using the available time for Limanatayla. Well, says of Yaakov Kamenetsky, this would answer something else as well. Is that what Shemitah really stands for? Yes. That's what Shemitah means? Shemitah is to let the land stay fallow, but the ob- objective of that is because since working the land was so... Im- the letters mean that? Oh, does it stand for that? No, no, no. It doesn't... No, it's with a... It's a test. Yeah. It's a test. Okay. Comes... Look in number 30. At the me case of seven years, on Yom Tif, of Shemitah, on Chagasukais. Now, what does it mean, Mikeid Shava Shanim, B'moyed Shas Hashemitah, B'chag Raise your hand if you know what the following word means. Mikeids. What does Mikeids mean? What? What does Mikeids mean? The end. Mikeids means the end. Why would, uh, at the end of seven years, during um, Yom Tif of Shemitah on Sukkot, is Sukkot at the end of the year? Sukkot is not at the end of the year. Sukkot is at the beginning of the year. So the Ibn Ezra says, Mikeid Shavashanim refers to the beginning of the year. Comes Ramban, and the Ramban says, Mikeid Shavashanim refers to the midst of Hakel. And Mikeid means the end. Whenever it says Kait, it means the end, like Kait's Kalbasar. What it means is, the end of the seven years, Mikeid Shavashanim means not... Not in the Shemitah year, when the Shemitah year is over, when the seven years are over, meaning, which is the eighth year of Cholomite Sukkot. But when the Torah says about Shemitah, Miketz, Sheva, Shanim, Pasa, Shemitah, there it means at the end of the seven years, in the seven years. So regarding Hakel, it says Miketz, Sheva, Shanim, it means in the beginning of the eighth year. Bishnas Hamoyed, there it means in the beginning of the year. I'm sorry, the Ramban learns. At the end of seven years, it means when the seven years are over. However, when the Torah says about Shemitah, it means the end of seven years in the seventh year. So, according to Ramban, always means at the end. When it comes to 
Shemitah canceling debt, it means the end of the year, and the Ramban is the opinion based on Chazal, Shemitah is Meshamed at the end of the year. Miketz Sheva Shanim Tasa. Shemitah means at the end of the seven years. However, by the midst of Hakel, Miket Sheva Shanim also means at the end of seven years, but when the seven years are actually over. Miketz, according to Ramban, always means when it's over. Here it means, in other words, Miketz means in the end. Regarding Hakel, it's the end when it's done. Regarding canceling debt, it's the end during the year. And the Ramban is of the opinion, Shemitah cancels at the end of the year. However, the Ibn Ezra says that Miket Shavashan B'Mayit Shnas HaShemitah, Hakel is the beginning of the year. Because Shemitah is in the beginning of... Um, Shabbos Bereshis and Sukkot is the beginning of the year. And what does Miketz mean? Miketz means the beginning. How can Miketz be, mean the beginning? Because an item has two ends, the end end and the beginning end. So the Ben Ezra learns Hakel is at the very beginning of the year. And other, because it says, Bishnas HaShemitah. So it can't mean after it's over like the Ramban, because the Ramban learns it's not the Shemitah year. But how is the Ramban going to answer the Ibn Ezra's Kasha if Miketz means at the end, when the Shemitah is over, then how could it call it Shnas HaShemitah? Then it's not, in other words, how could it be the end and the Shemitah year? It's not the Shemitah year if it's after the seventh year is over. So Yaakov Kamenetsky says that it is the end of the seventh year. Because besides having a year, you also have a Yom cycle. The Yom Tif cycle begins with Pesach, goes to Shavuos, and then it goes to Sukkot. So even though Sukkot is when the year is over, but Sukkot belongs to the Yom Tif cycle of the previous year. Even to violate Baal Ta'achar, you only violate Baal Ta'achar when Pesach comes, Shavuos comes, and Sukkot comes. So when Sukkot is over, even though it's the eighth year, but it's part of the seven-year Shemitah cycle. Says with Yaakov Kamenetsky, Let's think for a moment of the purpose of Hakel and of its uh, proper placement at the end of Shemitah. What we're learning, Rabbi Yisai, is that the Tachlis of Shemitah is that for the farmers of Eretz Yisrael, they dedicated their lives to advancing the society and the agriculture of, of the land of Israel, and they didn't have as much time to learn, and therefore they had to have a three-year cycle. But once every seven years, they were totally committed to Limanatar. Now, when is Shemitah over? Rosh Hashanah. So when are they going to go back to work? Rosh Hashanah? Aseris Yimei Tshuva? Everybody knows what Rabbeinu Yoni writes about Aseris Yimei Tshuva, that during Aseris Yimei Tshuva, a person's mind should be locked thinking about the judgment and the pending verdict and how could a person bring themselves to work the land, Rabbeinu Yoni says, and to be involved in the affairs of this world. A person recognizes what kind of uh, judicial process is going up in Shemayim. Nobody would go to work. Everybody would treat it like days of Chalamoid. So back in the day, nobody was going back to work on Sun Gedalia or right before Yom Kippur. Then, between uh, Yom Kippur and Sukkot, they also didn't start working. So right before they went back to work, they, so to speak, had to get one last injection of Limor HaTorah, Chazor HaTorah, Amilos which they got by going to the Mikdash. And the, 
and the Melech, he would read from the Sefer Torah, Mishnah Torah, the Chazar of everything they learned in the year, so to speak, to inject them one last time before they began the, the three-year cycle once more. This is Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's great thesis about the mitzvah of Shemitah. This explains what Chazal mean that for 70 times, Kali Yisrael did not observe the Shemitah. Certainly they didn't work the land, but what was lacking was in their And that's why the Torah, in fact, is uh, absolutely correct. The When the Kali Yisrael is punished, the land will be assaged, and reconciled for its lack of observance of Shemitah. What do you mean? But Rashi says because they were not Amal Batayra. Not observing Shemitah means not using the time Shatiyu Amelem Batayra. And this explains the incongruous uh, pair of Bahar Bechukhoisai. Bahar are the laws of Shemitah. And Bechukhoisai tells us that if we don't use Shemitah for its intended purpose, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, has these 49 Klalais. But during these 49 days of Sfira, as we work on Amelos Patoira, we transform the 49 Klalois into Brachos for Klal Yisrael. As the Zayar tells us, that most of the Bracha and the Chama that is found in the Torah could be detected in the words of the Klalois. So even though at face value, it seems that these are 49 Klalois, nevertheless, beneath the surface are great Brachos for Klal Yisrael. May we be Zoycha to Benasati, Kishmechem Beitam, and all the brachas that are reserved for the Lord Day Torah, Yom and Bimina, Usmaila, Oishar Bachamayim. Okay, Bez Hashem, next week we have a whopper of a shir before Shavuos. It's going to start a little bit later, but uh, it's worthwhile if you could please come around 9.30 next week. You'll get the, the message. And uh, brachavatzach, everyone. Have a good night. Bye.